It's time now for Super Psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. Welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. This evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time, that's 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com and now also on Apple Podcasts. And today is Sunday, January the 31st, 2021. And I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Cartel, and I hope you're all staying safe wherever you are while we keep you informed and hopefully entertained. Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here with us to make the show run smoothly as usual. And we have another great program in store for you this evening. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined by grief counselor Jenny Ditt to discuss finding life and beauty growing from the ashes of grief. And then later in the program, musician Lindsay Wells joins us from L.A. with some of her original music. And along the way, I'll continue to discuss bringing passion into this new normal and coping with the stress that this uncertain time is bringing. Throughout this evening's program, We will have time to take your questions, so if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air to my guests. And my email address is drmara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A, at C-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L dot com. And you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website and the link to the podcast along with any contact links that we discuss on the program will be posted later tonight. And you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, that's B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years. And you can also listen on Apple Podcasts also in about five minutes after the show ends. And for information from previous programs and to listen to previous programs, find out about my book, read my blog, all of that is on my website, drmaricartel.com. And all of the previous programs dating back for about seven years since we've been on Blog Talk Radio. All of that is at blogtalkradio.com and also on Apple Podcasts, I understand, goes all the way back. And for future events, to find out what's coming up next week or to find out when a blog posts or any other events, speaking engagements, follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Cartel, Your Golden Years. This evening's program is sponsored by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions. And we're going to take a brief break, but don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be back really shortly. It's a very brief break. And when we come back, we'll be joined by grief counselor Jenny Ditz to talk about finding life and beauty after grief. 
So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. All right, and we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And now joining us on the phone, we have grief counselor Jenny Ditz to talk about finding life and beauty growing from the ashes of grief. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you for having Um, me on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And I just want to, just a little reminder, there's a slight delay when we talk like this. So it's just good to keep that in mind. And for listeners, too. <laughs> so you understand the yeah. tiny break. <laughs> so, so, Jenny, I'm so glad to have you on the program because I think right now uh, most of us are dealing with grief. Um, you know, whether it's grieving someone we've lost, especially during this pandemic, whether it's grieving something we've lost because of the economic situation um, or grieving loss of contact with other people. So I think this is the perfect topic. I mean, it's always the perfect topic, but it's especially, you know, right on target for right now. So, but before we jump into that, maybe you can give us a little bit of background about yourself. Sure. So I've always had a death positive attitude. Um, and I've seen, I see death as an essential part of life. Um, I look at death as a transition from, um, from our mortality into the next stage of life. And so I've never been afraid of death. I've never shied away from it in any way. And then four years ago, I was blessed to be with a friend whose husband died unexpectedly. And in that time of sitting with her in her very fresh, very intense grief and um, listening to her tell her story and share the things that she was experiencing in a real and vulnerable way really helped me see one, the need for people to be in that space um, supporting others, and also the gifts that I have to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. really what got me started on this journey to becoming a grief coach. Okay. All right. And, and I, I mean, you know, in listening to you, I would say that's probably a very big difference, right, between thinking about death 
and having a positive attitude about death versus thinking about grief, right? The people who are left living. Um, I don't know. For me, the, my positive perspective on death allows me to see grief as a natural consequence also. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've right. learned to natural embrace it. Yeah. I define mm-hmm. grief as the natural response to a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you were mm-hmm. saying, the loss of loss of a, a person close to us through death, the loss of economic security, the loss of contact, the loss of a sense of normalcy, all of these things can be considered loss. And all of them mm-hmm. bring grief. And... Um, as I've worked to support people, I've learned that as we embrace our grief, as we embrace even the messiness, we can learn from it and we can incorporate it and become stronger because of it. And we can also mm-hmm. see the areas that we're weak, um, the areas that we need support, the, way, the ways that we can get help from others. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, what would you, you know, uh, you know, I've had a few grief counselors on the program and, and, you know, and I've dealt with personal grief and have, you know, as most people, as everybody will at some point in their life, right? You all, Mm -hmm. we will all, you will all feel grief at some point in their life. Um, Exactly. One of the the consistent theme um, that has come up in discussing it with other people and dealing with it in, within my own life is dealing with grief around people, most people who are uncomfortable with our grief. Yeah. Uh, so, so how, how, what are, some ways for people to deal with that. I mean, I, I think that most really uncomfortable, I found that after my father died, being the person who was always trying to take care of other people, that mm-hmm. I found myself trying to make other people comfortable around me in my grief. And, I, and then yeah. when I look back, I thought, wow, I shouldn't have had to do that, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It was enough for me to have to deal with my own grief than to be worried about making other people comfortable around me. Yeah, that's a huge issue. Um, there are not a lot of safe spaces for grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some ways, I think that's one of the blessings that has come from the pandemic and all of these uncertainties that we're facing is that people, because death and grief is so open, it's so prevalent, people are facing it more. And people Mm -hmm. are starting to um, not necessarily be comfortable with it, but because it's there, you can't really turn away from it. People are starting to at least acknowledge it more, I think. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that's, that's a good point. I mean, I think also there's that feeling that we're sort of all dealing with it, so we're not alone in, mm-hmm. in grief. Yeah. It's a shared yeah, exactly. grief. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, do you have any any you know I uh, suggestions I guess for people who are dealing with grief right now in this situation to be able to get through it and not feel so isolated by you know in addition to being isolated by the pandemic but being isolated by the grief I think that do have you found mm-hmm. that a lot of people feel isolated by their grief? Yeah, I actually am part of a grief group, a grief support group. And mm-hmm. um it is it is very hard and people have commented a lot that um even though we're all surrounded by grief, we're all facing grief in one way or another, um we still as a society have a long way to go in in holding that safe space. Um so one tip that I would suggest is try not to take it personally. Um when other people have hurt have hurtful comments towards you or or they say things that really, really hurt. Um, like just get over your grief. It's been six months. Why aren't you why aren't you back in the swing of things? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Um to say thank you for thinking of me. Um, that's not where I'm at. Mhm. Mhm. And really, really give yourself to be gentle with yourself and acknowledge that some people, a lot of people in fact, are still not comfortable with grief. Mhm. And they may mean well, um, but they don't express it very well. And and I think that's that's really true. The comments that are hurtful are usually because people just don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes think, there's not even anything anything right to say, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's one of the pitfalls of having a society that doesn't face grief is not very many people are taught what to do with it when they do come across it in themselves or in others. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes the best thing you can do is say nothing and let them share their story. Or Mm -hmm. say, I don't know what to say, but I'm here for you. I'm thinking about you. Right. And you don't have to try and solve the problem. You don't have to try and comfort them or remove the sadness or the anger or the hurt, whatever um, emotions or experiences they're having, just to know that they're seen and they're heard and that people are thinking about them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. can go a really long way. Yeah. I found in my own experience, just to go back, because that's, you know, I can talk from personal experience, um, when I was flying back from New York after, you know, my dad had died and I was coming back from the funeral, I was talking to somebody in the airport and we were, you know, just talking about, you know, I don't know, just small talk. And he mm-hmm. asked me, what do you, you know, what are you here for? Were you here to, for uh, fun? Were you here on business? And I said, well, I was here 
because my dad died. Um, mm-hmm. And then I immediately, like, wanted to change the subject because, number one, it's a stranger, so I felt like I don't really feel like, you know, you know, revealing all my deepest feelings to a stranger, but also because I was uncomfortable with making somebody else uncomfortable with the grief. But he didn't, but this total stranger didn't let me immediately move on. He immediately said, I'm I'm so sorry. And you know what? Mm -hmm. That to me touched me more than, than most things that people could say to me. Yeah. And somebody, this total stranger just said, I'm so sorry. That was like enough. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it gave me the feeling like this person really heard what I said, wasn't trying to like make me feel better. <laughs> um, yeah. Try to clean it up and make it tidy. And that they, he right. understood that it was, that it, that I felt sad, that I must have felt sad. Mhm. Yeah, and that's often what people want in mm-hmm. in their grief is just to be acknowledged, just to be heard and seen and felt. Hey, look at me or not look at me, but just to let you know I'm hurting. So when right. we acknowledge that hurt, it can go a really long way. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I mean we don't have to we don't have to there isn't anything that we can do for another person to to make it all better, right? Um, right. We, so we don't have to try to do that. We can just hold the space with them, let them know that we understand that that they're hurting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, when we talked on the phone, you talked about how um, grief was something that could be turned into a positive. Um, you know, we don't usually think of it of grief in that way. It's something that we really want to escape from. Um, mm-hmm. How do you see it as a, something that can be transformed into, you know, as you said, some beauty growing from the ashes? Um, grief can be one of our most powerful teachers. Because it's an emotion and it's it's an experience that hits us to the core. And when that happens, in some ways we have to discover all over again who we are. Um, We have to discover our identity, why we do the things that we do, what do we want going forward. Um, We discover the areas that we're weak, that we need support. We can discover as we process our grief, as we sit with the messiness, as we sit with the complex emotions, the anger, the guilt, the frustration, the confusion, the rage, we can see um, we can learn more about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as we process it, we we learn that because we don't have any other options. When you lose a spouse, you don't have you don't have your spouse to do all the things that your spouse did before. Um, there's no one like if your spouse was the one that mowed the lawn and he dies, no longer 
do you have that readily that ready access to the the lawnmower? So you get to learn to mow the lawn, or you get somebody else to learn to to mow the lawn for you. But you do things mm-hmm. that you never thought were possible because you have no choice. So in that mm-hmm. way, um, we can grow in so many incredible ways when we embrace our grief, when we learn from it, when we start to incorporate it. Yeah, and as I think... we share it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As on. we share it with Sorry. others, we build connections, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. deep, deep connections with others. And we can, as we uh, progress on our grief journey, we can help those who are not as far as we are. Mm-hmm. And given that we're all going to face grief at some point, <laughs> It, we might, mm-hmm. it, it would be a good idea to embrace some of the positives from it or the, some of the learning experiences from it rather than yeah. let it destroy us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've noticed some of the most um, powerful authors and speakers and people who talk about their life experience and really motivate other people or people who have been through some sort of grief, whether it's losing someone they love or losing something or something Mm -hmm. in their own life that was very important to them or economic loss or even like a physical loss, that those people somehow turned it into a way of connecting to, you know, their humanness that they could share yeah. with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when we um, connect with that humanness, it's so, so powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing that really, that we all share, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. That, yeah. Yeah, that we will have lost. Exactly. Yeah. Um, In writing my book um, a few years ago, when I first started writing it, that's when my when my dad passed away. And um, when I first started writing my book, I had a hard time writing personal stories because I felt like, well, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm trained as a psychologist. We're not supposed to, you know reveal too much about ourselves and and I had been trained to write very academic sounding uh, papers so Mm -hmm. my writing was kind of stiff (laughs) yeah yeah. Um, it changed after he died Mm -hmm. it completely changed Um, I think it opened me up to be able like it broke me open have you, exactly. have you heard that? In, yeah. Have you seen that a lot yeah. with the people that you work with, that they've been broken open and more authentic? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I heard a quote once that said, um, the wounded heart is, the wounds in our heart um, is where the light comes through or where the light mm-hmm. shines or something like that. Um our 
our challenging experiences can be some of our most powerful teachers. Um, so it. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say. So, in that perspective, do you have any thoughts about how this whole challenge of this past year? of the grief that people are feeling. Any thoughts about how that can be a teacher for us? I've seen incredible growth. Okay. Um, uh, Both personally and professionally, for me at least, um, I've been able to connect with people all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, Because so so much more is going is happening digitally because we don't have the option of connecting in person necessarily. Uh-huh. Um, so it's it's opened the the community that we have access to. Um, we're not limited to our geographical location anymore. Mm-hmm. It's in in some ways it like opened the whole world to us. And and it's like we're having a, a shared experience with the rest of the world as well, right? <laughs> hmm Yeah. 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 We're not found that. limited by. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we're no, not limited on. by Go our. Um, okay, we're not limited by our. Um, not only by our geographical location, but. Because it's a worldwide pandemic, um, it's um, it's um, removing the the boundaries of culture. Mm-hmm. Um, all of us globally are have been affected by this pandemic, and so it brings us together um, mm-hmm. in ways that. Previously, I don't think we would have been. Right, right. It's a shared experience, like grief. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's a different kind of grief, but it's definitely like we all we can all share it. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had, um, you know, been in touch with in other parts of the world who, you know, we we talk about their scare with the virus and we connect with each other. How are you doing? Is everybody okay? And, and, um, you know, might not have had that sort of personal connection. Otherwise it would have been all, you know, based on the topic of the show. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if, if listeners are interested in in finding out more about connecting with other people who are in grief and if they're feeling like they need to have that support of other people of group grief groups or finding a grief counselor or do you do grief counseling um, over the internet? I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. So maybe if you can let listeners know how they can contact you, or if you and and if you have suggestions for groups or find out more information. Sure. So my website is grievingcoach.com, and I'm also very active on LinkedIn and Facebook. 
My LinkedIn profile is Jenny Diltz-GrievingCoach. And on Facebook, I'm Grieving Coach. Um, I also have a Facebook grief group called Grief Transformation Group. So you're welcome to join there. And I'm also active in the with a nonprofit organization called Reimagine. And their website is letsreimagine.org. Let's reimagine.org. Okay, so the first one was Jenny did grief grieving coach on LinkedIn. Jenny Dilt, D-I-L-T-S. Date. Okay, and then you had the grief grief transformation group on Facebook. Uh-huh. Okay, and then let's reimagine.org. Yes. All right. So I'm going to be posting all of that on my website post about this show later tonight. So, you know, if listeners didn't have their pen and paper ready, um, they can they can um, look on my website later tonight and it'll be there. And also the grievingcoach.com. I don't know if I mentioned that. So sorry I said your name wrong. I had didn't have the no L worries. in there. <laughs> so we'll Yeah, that, that happens a lot because it's the L and the T are right next together and so often it gets a little bit mixed up and so I'm used to it. It's no big deal. Yeah. Yep. It looks yeah, it's hard it's I think I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for, for being on the program and talking about this very important topic. Um, I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, let's stay in touch and, and maybe have you back on again at some point in the future. Wonderful. Thank you for having okay. me. All right. Well, you're welcome, and thank you. And you have a wonderful evening, and and stay safe. Thank you. You as well. Thanks. All right. We're going to take a brief break. Um, Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Worry about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years, specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia. Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. All right, and we're back. If you're just joining us, um, this is Dr. Mara Carpel and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaricarpel.com. And uh, before we have our music, musician come on, Lindsay Wells, I want to talk just a little bit about um, finding your passion, connecting to your passion. We've, I've been talking about this for several weeks now um, during this time. And I think it fits uh, very closely with what Jenny Biltz was just talking about and that, um, you know, this is, a, this is a difficult time for most people. And a lot of people are feeling grief because of um, – real, you know, losing people that they love, but also economic 
insecurity or economic loss and also feeling very isolated. And so how do we then reconnect with, um, you know, living a passionate life? There are a lot of people that are just sitting at home and feeling very um, isolated and feeling just like they were following their dreams. There are people out there who were looking to find their dreams and those who were already on the path of following their dreams and then boom, they were locked inside. And um, for a lot of people that has sort of just kind of stopped everything. Um, For other people, and I mentioned this last week, for people who were um, creative, um, they found ways of continuing their creative pursuits in in isolation. And I think that's really important. I think even if you're not, even if that wasn't your path of passion, that doing something creative during this time is a way of opening up to creative ways of following your passion or finding new ways of following passion. I've also talked in the past, and I think it's really important to bring it up again, that sometimes um, the situations like this sort of direct us um, to do things that maybe are, are needed rather than because we love it and we just wanted to follow it. But because doing things to help other people right now, um, our dharma, as they call it, um, helping people in grief like Jenny um, or, you know, like Jenny does, or, you know, um, helping people who are hungry, um, volunteering to, to get food to people. Um, whatever it is that you can do from where you are to help people during this time might not be the path that you were on before. And it might not be the path that you continue on when when the, everything opens up. Or it might be. You might discover that this is really what you're meant to do. Um, but for right now, now this might be the right path for you. You know, uh, we have to be flexible. And, um, I mean, life is about flexibility. And when you are doing something to help other people, the return is is immense. And that's what brings passion. You know, I've talked before, I've written about it, how you can't have passion, true passion, without compassion. So if you're doing something compassionate, you're going to get so much in return that you'll feel passion. And, you know, living a passionate life isn't just about doing one thing and having to be on one path. It's about living a really full life no matter what's going on around us, doing what we, we're, we're called to do in that situation. And so, you know, it's kind of funny because I was, I was going through some old papers, things that I had printed out, and I came across um, a blog where I think it was just notes for talking on the program from last year, the beginning of 2020. And I had all these ideas about my intention for 2020 and how to find our passion in the new year um, without any idea of what 
the year was going to actually be like. And one of the elements in here was flexibility. And I wrote, flexibility is essential for staying on the path. I had no idea of how prophetic that was. Um, If this past year hasn't been an exercise in learning flexibility, then I don't know what is. Um, It's been difficult. It's been a really hard lesson, but flexibility and being able to go with what we're what we're faced with is really important um suffering by definition is fighting against what is you know it is this is a reality we have been dealing with this pandemic whether we like it or not (laughs) um it's a reality we didn't choose it but it is and we have to accept that it, this is what is. And we hopefully we'll be getting out of it soon. Um, but this is how it is right now. And so we have to be flexible in being able to deal with it. And flexibility, you know, has been included, um, has included learning how to use Zoom or whatever online platform to communicate with people. A lot of people have gone to working from home. Um, you know, having children, distance learning, all of that is part of flexibility. And we also need to be flexible, as I was saying, with following our passion and finding what is it that makes us feel passionate. And another part of that um, is forgiveness. And, you know, I've been talking a lot about going back to the basics when we're in a time of stress and how we need to really go back to um, meditating or finding a way to calm ourselves down, doing healthy things for ourselves, but also forgiveness. And forgiveness is is partly for other people. Um, we go through life very often holding anger towards other people who we feel have betrayed us or hurt us in some way. And um, forgiveness is not about, it's not for the other person, it's actually for us. When we are able to release that anger from our heart, we actually have more freedom and we have more ability to feel joy and to be able to feel more passion. And I was thinking about how it also means that we have to have forgiveness for this whole past year, that We can be angry about the situation that we've been in, or we can say, wow, that's been really rough, but, you know, I'm going to release it from my heart, that I'm going to take from it, um, as Jenny was saying, the lessons from the year, rather than hold on to it and and just feel angry. Um, You know, once we're out, when things open up and things get back to somewhat normal, whatever that new normal is, if we keep holding on to that anger of the year that we lost, the quote-unquote lost, then we're not going to be able to experience the passion and the joy of being out in the world. This is a really good time to work on forgiveness. So we can feel joyful, find that light within us, even during this time. Imagine if we can find joy within us, even during this time, how 
joyful we'll be when we get out of here. Um, And, you know, if we can practice forgiveness and flexibility, then we can also go with the flow once things start to open up because I have a feeling that things are not going to be the way that everybody expects it. It's going to be different. There are going to be changes, and we have to be able to go with the flow rather than holding on to anger or disappointment and just, you know, go with what life is giving us right now. Um, Jack Cornfield, one of my favorite authors and meditation teachers and psychologists, um, he wrote a book, The Art of Forgiveness, Loving Kindness, and Peace, and One of the quotes in the book is, the past is over. Forgiveness means giving up all hope of a better past. It is. The past is over. And um, we just suffer if we don't forgive the past, if we don't just say that was the way that it was. Now what? Um, So, you know, I've been listening to a lot of his um, talks. And he talks a lot about forgiveness. So there are several videos that I've watched on YouTube of his talks about forgiveness. And um, there's a whole process to it. It's not just instant. We can't just turn it on, say, okay, I forgive, and that's it. It really is a process. We have to open our heart. And it's the number one, um, he has a list of what forgiveness is and how to achieve forgiveness. And the number one thing is to understand what forgiveness is not. And forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for ourselves to release us from the heaviness of carrying um, pain with us and anger. And forgiveness is also not condoning hurtful behavior towards us. It's not saying that what the other person did was right or this pandemic was a good thing. And, you know, it's it's okay to say that was wrong. Um, And when we're dealing with a person who doesn't recognize their hurtful behavior and who continue, who we feel will continue to perpetuate that hurt, forgiveness might mean deciding I forgive that person. I understand that they are are um, unaware of what they're doing, that they don't really, you know, we're all driven by unconscious drives and um, things that we've learned in childhood that we don't really understand, patterns of behavior. Um, so I understand that that person um, has those patterns of behavior that they might not even realize that they're doing or they don't know how to control it yet. They haven't yet become enlightened about that. And I have compassion for them. I have empathy. Forgive them. But I don't need to continue to be hurt by them. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to continue to hang out with them. So forgiveness is not saying um, it's okay. I forgive and I'm going to hang out with them. And it also doesn't mean forgetting. So that's really important to to know because I think we hold on to our anger and we refuse to forgive because we think that means 
that we are opening ourselves up to being hurt by whoever hurt us before or that we're um, expected to just go on as if nothing happened. Um, Reconciliation, where we do um, get back together with that person, and we do establish a relationship with them even though they've hurt us, um, has to come with truth ahead of it. It's truth and reconciliation. So truth is being able to talk about what happened and be able to um, clean out the old wounds and, and hold everybody accountable, even yourself. So I'll end there, and I'm going to talk more about that next week. I think that's a really good topic to pick up on. Um, and then now we're going to go to some joyful, beautiful music, and our next guest, Lindsay Wells. But first we're going to play a little of her music, and then I'm going to talk with her about her music. Wade in the water, wait in the water, children wait in the water, God's gonna trouble the water, wait in the
Accomplice Entertainment is out in L.A. So when it's oh, not a I pandemic, we go back and forth. <laughs> That's awesome. I where is he in L.A.? It's a big city, so <laughs> he's in Hollywood. He's in Hollywood, the Hollywood Hills. Me too. That's where I Are am you really? in Hollywood. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yep. Small, I love that. Small world. Small so world. Would, but I grew up in Austin. So, so. yeah. So how? So we were just playing one of your songs, or it's an old spiritual song. Can you talk a little bit about that recording? Yeah. So me and um, a really talented singer songwriter here named Katrina, we got together and we were talking about putting some songs together um, for sync licensing. And she's like, it'd be good if we did one, you know, um, once songs are released, um, you know, you can cover them when they're like free to be covered. So um, she's like, we should think about some songs that we could do like a really soulful remake of. And we did Wait in the Water. So, um, yeah, she, it's, uh, mm-hmm. both of us are females and we work together. She did the production and I sang on the song and yeah, we're pitching it for licensing. It's, it's going really well. Beautiful. It was a beautiful song. Thank you. Yeah. So why don't you you tell us a little bit about your musical background? Perfect. So I started singing in church when I was like, I think I had my first solo around three or four years old. No joke. And this is the funniest story because (laughs) like I honestly was not singing. I mean, I love the Lord, but like I was not singing to try to impress Jesus. I was singing because there was a little redheaded like pastor's son. And I was like, I am going to sing so good to try to impress this, this little boy. (laughs) And the the choir director was like, Donna, that's my mom's name. Your daughter has a gift. And the church was over in, in North Austin and, um, and it worked out like I, you know, like me and that little boy had a crush on each other, like growing up, <laughs> that was great. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so my singing journey began and then my mom got me involved in like Marcy Lynn studios, which is, um, was really big in Austin back in the day. I did a lot of musical theater with Zachary Scott theater and the Austin mm-hmm. professional, um, you know, musical theater as well. And, you know, grew up doing choirs, the Austin Girls Choir. I sing the national anthem, you know, for a lot of sporting events, um, the Texas mm-hmm. Rangers, different things. Um, but it all began in church, you know, and um, I've led worship at a couple of big churches there in Austin um, for it was called Promised Land West, and now it's called Life Austin, and then Shoreline mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, I um, that's and what brought you to LA? What brought you to LA? So, just I had an eight-piece band in Austin. It was going really well, um, and I sang at the Saxon Pub. My uncle the other day messaged me something that I need to watch on Netflix about the Saxon Pub. I'm like, I need to watch that. Um, 
but I just wanted more opportunities to just record because I like, I also love to do like pop R&B. Um, I rap a little bit, <laughs> you know, like, oh, really? so I just, yeah. Yeah. So I wanted, I'm really inspired by, by beats and drums. You know, sometimes if I'm sitting down in a co-writing session and they're just like strumming on a guitar or a piano, like I hate to say it, but I cannot be inspired at all. But then you like drop a beat and I got it. Like the lyrics just start Uh flowing. I don't know what it is, (laughs) but give me a good beat and I'm in. And, you know, I just wanted more opportunities to grow. And I felt like, um, LA, I could, I could do that. So, and I have, like, it's been really good. I've gotten to work with, um, um, there's amazing producers and amazing musicians in Austin, just as there is in LA. So both places Mm -hmm. are amazing to live, but I have gotten to work with some, some, you know, some, uh, some really good, um, producers and and DJs here that have worked with celebrities and it's just been really fun. It's, it's just elevated my, my talent level, you know, Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. because I've gotten more variety, you know, and I think when you have more variety and you work with all different kinds of people, you grow, you know, so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's why. Sure. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to play another Mm -hmm. one of the songs that you sent us. Um, Perfect. Craving you. Can you talk yeah, about it I wrote before we play it? Okay. Yeah. So this is an original song, and you know, it's just about um, like a deeper kind of love and craving a person in in a deeper way, and just a connection. Which you know, it's hard to find that connection with with people, but when you do, mm-hmm. if you do in life, you're very lucky. You know. Mhm. Mhm. Okay, well, hang on the line. We'll talk for a little while after we play the song, okay? Perfect. Thank you. Okay.
All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. It still has that soulful sound to it. Totally. I I love like Amy Winehouse, um, <laughs> Tina Turner. Yeah, I like I do, yeah, uh, Bonnie <laughs> Raitt. Like those are mm-hmm. some of my ladies that I I love and I'm influenced by. And sometimes I do this um, this jam at the Viper Room whenever we are allowed to perform live, which I'm praying will happen again soon. Um, okay. And it's really fun, you know. And I always bring an element of soul into everything that I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, if people are interested in, in listening to your music, do you have um, CDs? Do you, have you recorded CDs? Do you have downloads where people can? Yes. Yes, I do. So um, my music is streamed on iTunes and Spotify, so they can definitely download it there. Um, I also have a website, lindsaywells.com, and it's spelled L-Y-N-Z-W-E-L-L-S.com, and that has songs on there as well. I've got YouTube, Instagram is at Lindsay Wells Music, so everybody can follow me there. I would love it, and um, mm-hmm. message me. We can keep in touch. Yeah. Can you spell, can you spell that out again? Yes, it's L-Y-N-Z-W-E-L-L-S. Okay. All right. So I, I'm going to be posting that on my uh, website post about this show later tonight. So, Thank uh, you. I'm really yeah. happy to have been a part of it. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the program. Um, we're going to be playing the last song that you sent us on our way off the show. You sent me. So maybe yeah, you can tell so us about this, it. Yeah, so this honestly was one of my, the most fun music projects I've been involved in. Um, it was a project created by me and uh, three of my best friends here. We all used to do this dance class on Monday nights, and we just came up with a song idea after one of the dance classes, and this is a rap group, so it's me and my best friend Trish, and she actually is from Austin, too, and what's so crazy Mm -hmm. is one of our friends, Elizabeth, um, we went to the same church together, but at different times, and when when I moved to L.A., she's like, you two have to meet. You would love each other. Well, it took like a year or two for us to meet because you get really crazy busy here. But we finally met, and we've been like inseparable since. And mm. we did this project. Her boyfriend's a really well-known producer. He's worked with like Chris Brown and like uh, Justin Bieber, um, a, a bunch of people. And so uh-huh. we did several tracks in the studio with him. And... Uh, we're pitching it to some people as well. So it's, that's really fun. So it's just a really fun group. We just, we write crazy songs that we laugh the whole time that we're writing them. And so this is Uh just a fun song called me and (laughs) it's just fun, you know, and I rap, we both rap in this. Cool. Cool. Okay. So we're going to be listening to it as we go off the air tonight. So Nice. Um, and I, 
And I and when you do get back to performing live, will people be able to find out where you're performing if they go to your website? Yes, on my website or my Instagram, I always post my Instagram, Facebook, and website. They're connected, so um, uh-huh. they can find out there. Okay, great. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and stay safe there thank in California. Thank you so much. You stay safe as well, right. and I really appreciate you. Yes, and, and I hope to speak to you again soon and hear your music. I would love that. I would love that. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. You have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, all right. So before Art knocks us off the air, I'm going to let everybody know what's going on next week, and then we're going to listen to Lindsay Wells and her song, Me. Um, next Sunday, February 7th, Amy Temperley, who was on the show when we began on local Austin radio like nine years ago, um, she's joining us once again, and she has a new company called Aging is Cool. So she's going to talk about that company right here in Austin, Texas. And we always have more, so stay tuned. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from the program, get the website link that my guest talked about. Then go to my website later tonight, and all of that will be posted along with the podcast, drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And you can also hear the show in five minutes from now by going to Blog Talk Radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com, slash your golden years, and also on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpel, Your Golden Years. This show was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions. And special thanks to my guests, Jenny Diltz, Lindsay, Lindsay Wells, and of course, thank you to Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Stay safe.
Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. 